Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No joke right now. How fitting, Andy. I mean, is there is there a more fitting podcast for this Super Bowl than former Bengals fan, former L.A. resident turned Rams fan? Now, Cincinnati resident coming to you live from Cincinnati, talking to me in Los Angeles, not a Rams fan, but, you know, a, uh, a, a, an Odell Beckham rooter. I mean, we have so many storylines just b- between our show. I feel like you, you told me you were watching the NFL live basically all day, exclusively watching the NFL. I was like, I mean, I had to at gunpoint force you to say that you would talk about the NBA trade deadline. You went full Ben Simmons on me. You're like, I'm just not doing it. I'm not showing up for NBA trade talk, but I feel like, and you know, the NFL network should be covering our podcast. Like, why are they having us on? We are the, we are the show of Super Bowl 56. Well, I can confidently say without doing any research, there's no way there's another sports podcast that has one guy in Cincinnati and one guy in Los Angeles of a guy who was Bengals turned Rams fan back to Cincinnati. There's no way. There's no way. Absolutely no way. And yes, I love the NFL. It's even crazier this year because I'm living in the city that is going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, so are you. But it's a little different here. You know, LA's got a lot going on. Not, not so much here. So I yeah. have been I have been reading so many stories, watching NFL Network constantly. I am getting my Super Bowl fill, and, and we'll obviously cover everything today from our picks, from the prop bets, the whole nine yards. But the NBA, you know, and and, and I'd like to just say before we jump into it, you don't try to compete with the NFL. Well, I I would you do not make the deadline during Super Bowl week. I would argue that that's the NFL's fault. This the this has always been the NBA deadline. The NFL has now decided they're going one extra week. So now the NBA is pushing their deadline because the NFL has decided to go an extra week. No, come on. The NFL, they already took Sunday from the church. They took Thursday away from the Thursday for the ladies happy hour. They take, you know, thirsty Thursdays. Exactly. So the NFL needs to just calm down a little bit. I mean, I know it's Super Bowl week, but honestly, unlike you, I Super Bowl media week, especially in the two weeks leading up to Super Bowl, I get antsy for the game to get here because I'm like, I, I kind of feel like Joe Burrow and, and Matt Stafford must, feel right now like enough of the talk let's just play some fucking football like i turned on the nfl network the other day 
And I was just like, you know what? I don't care what you got. Like at, th- at some point we just got to play this football game. Sure. So no, I, I, I understand that sentiment as well. I, I, I see it. Trust me. My, my pick has gone back and forth. I still don't even know so many times. There's never been a game where I'm just unsure of who I think is going to win. So unlike you, uh, the NBA trade deadline bonanza that was the last few days was a welcome break from NFL Super Bowl talk. Um, you're you've got you. I know you're you're full. I mean, you have the Bengals helmet in the background, the Rams helmet in the background. You're you're doing some sort of helmet haircut at the moment. Like you are full. <laughs> you are full NFL. <laughs> Right now, you went to your barber and you were like, make it look like I'm wearing an old style leather helmet from my testicles look like an old style leather helmet right now. Yeah. So uh, but for me, the NBA trade trade deadline. And you know what was what's crazy? I mean, obviously, I'm going to dive right into it. The, the leading story is Simmons for Harden. But in the time since we had our last episode till now. There's been a couple big things. And to me, the, the one that got me the most fired up isn't even isn't even Harden Simmons. It isn't even Porzingis, my guy, moving again. It isn't even CJ McCollum, fellow Lehigh Journalism School grad, moving. Crazy week for Joe Prano guys in the NBA. But a guy I ad- adopted earlier this year when I went to see Kings Clippers play, I fell in love with Tyrese Halliburton. And I got it on behalf of Kings fans everywhere who at this point must feel like I feel as a Knicks fans. May I ask, what the fuck? What the fuck? I give you guys, I give Kings fans my Joe Prano seal of approval to move on from your franchise, right? Now's the time. I know our boy, Luca cash money. He's our, he's our number one Kings fan dirt ball. He reached out. He said, he's, uh, I mean, it's just, it seems like uh, for a guy like you who has abandoned the Cincinnati Bengals for honestly, kind of openly not trying to win. I think you, we need the Andy Ruther seal of approval because the Kings are that version in the basketball franchise. They just, how, how long do you rebuild? If you have, if you have guys that have been in the league for two years who are showing signs of being the next great Sacramento King and you're moving on from them already, when does the rebuild end? How long can you rebuild? Like you're just going to rebuild for four decades. We're just rebuilding. They've been rebuilding since the Chris Weber days. Yeah. Dude, the okay. fucking the twin towers were toppled and rebuilt and and have been long done since the kings have been rebuilding. This is insanity. And I bring that up because Kings fans, you're at the mercy of fucking terrorists right now. Get out. It's a bad feeling as a sports fan. I just don't understand it at all. And like, it's not like Sabonis is like a bad player, but like Tyrese Halbert, like you just, you just have young up and coming talent and you're like, fuck them. Like, I don't even know what the, so now what you get draft picks and you 
do what with them? Draft another guy you're going to fucking move? Kings fans, I, I apologize. Move on. So that was the one that got me the most fired up. CJ McCollum and the Dame Lillard experiment is over. McCollum goes to Nolens. My boy, CJ, gets to go to one of my favorite cities in America. So kind of happy for him. Portland's obviously dog shit, but the Dame Lillard CJ experiment is over. They get Josh Hart. Nice piece. But I'm not sure what the fuck's going on in Portland either because then they keep Lillard and they're they're going to rebuild around Lillard. The NBA, Andy, I know you're not following it, but everybody's losing their goddamn minds except for, you know, the teams that have already been in it the last couple of years who are literally just basically standing pat. I mean, the Bucks get like, the Bucks are like, cool, we're the champs. Give us fucking... You know, Serge Ibaka, he'll help. So sad to see CJ leave Portland. You know, he seems like a guy who wanted to be there. He loves his drinking his red wine. He likes the, uh, you know, that valley up there where he's getting a lot of the CJ grapes from. But he'll be fine in New Orleans. Happy for him to go to one of the great cities in America. Don't don't know what the Blazers are doing. It's fine. I get, you know, poor, poor Dame Lillard, though. Now they're going to like, dude, you're not rebuilding around Dame Lillard, like move Dame Lillard next year. Like this is stupid. I know Blazers fans are like, Prano, what, what, you know, if we're not, why are we trading guys? But like you're not contending ever with rebuilding around Dame Lillard. That's my opinion because you're just too far gone. I think the NBA is it's, I don't know where I'd put it on the sports as far as to compete. I feel like it's pretty difficult. I think baseball is pretty difficult. Obviously there's no salary cap, but I feel like, you know, in the NFL, you see teams just come out of nowhere. Like you see it all the time. The Bengals, you know, the bills basically came out of nowhere once they got Josh on. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think it's just tougher in the NBA. So when you say Dame Lillard, you can't you can't build around him. So then, when just you think, start from scratch, I mean, I I think that that's the answer is you start from scratch because the way to you're not really going to come out of nowhere unless you you know do essentially what the Phoenix Suns did and you go all in on going young and then you add people to that young talent you have, right? Yeah as opposed to, you know, bring like aging Dame Lillard in and that, and now you're going to just like keep this same personality as a franchise and then try to rebuild. Like I, I I've never really seen that. Like, when did it happen? Kobe, the Kobe late Powell Lakers. Like they had the tear down and the rebuild around Kobe. But Kobe but wasn't like, that old. Right. Kobe wasn't, I mean, and Dame Lillard is not that old, but I'm saying, you're not the Lakers. You're not like, you're not a destination for guys to come. You're Portland. So now you got to have, you got to, you're going to go young around Lillard and then Josh Hart Lillard. And then you're going to lure a free agent to join. Like, I just don't, I just don't fucking understand it. I honestly don't understand what most NBA teams are doing. Um, You know, like, 
my Perzingis goes to the to DC. Uh, you know, the Knicks fans are once again jumping on the bandwagon of we told you. And it's like maybe we shouldn't judge just because Perzingis eventually gets traded for whatever he gets traded for this time doesn't mean the Knicks didn't get fleeced earlier and they've since turned it into like I said Julius Randle who's a who's now assaulting Knicks video assistants and playing horribly and got an extension you know for 115 million dollars or whatever it is did you hear that yeah okay um but you know it's like a great example like the the Knicks my Knicks and the Lakers two of the NBA's marquee franchises, um, they don't do shit. LeBron essentially seems like he's done. Maybe told them to give up. I like, I just, if you're a LeBron James right now, I just don't know how they don't make a move. Unless LeBron was like, guys, for your sake, uh, Fuck it. We're not like, I have to assume LeBron James told somebody in the bus family, guys, just so you know, there is nothing you can do to win us an NBA championship this year. Like there's nobody that you can get. Like I know the NBA, I know the trade market. I know the guys that we can move. I don't see how we can win because otherwise for them to just stand pat with what they have seems crazy. I'm assuming for, from the Knicks standpoint, no one wanted Julius Randle. Surprise, fucking surprise. Hate to say I fucking told you so, but I told you so. Um, but you got to imagine somebody wanted Alec Burks. You got to imagine somebody wanted, you know, uh, uh, Evan Fournier, like you got to imagine that there you had guys on your team that you could move and focus on the youth. But you know, I, I retracted my hatred of Tom Thibodeau last year, and now I'm back on. We're just gonna play veterans and lose fucking games. Why? I mean, why are you not mentioning the Harden Simmons trade? I'm, I'm, you know, and then the icing on the cake, Andy. This is the big one. This is the crown jewel of the trade deadline. Okay. Everybody else leads with that, Andy. I was ready to just, I was ready to be like, we're not even talking NBA. We're going NFL, Super Bowl. I mean, so, I mean, this, I feel like this, we, you know, the other thing about this is like, we have to get it out. You're sitting there just wanting to talk about NFL. We're finally to a trade now where you can jump in. What do you think of Harden to the Sixers, Simmons, Drummond, Seth Curry? To Brooklyn, also weirdest story subplot ever. Doc Rivers moving his own fucking son-in-law. Were you the one? Was it Kyrie for Harden that you were saying? Or no, I'm sorry. Was it Kyrie for Simmons that you were saying? I was pushing Kyrie for Simmons from day one because yeah, I was yeah. like, you have you have you have two teams with talented lost souls that aren't are refusing to play seem like a no brainer. Daryl Morey was like cool fucking story. Prano. I'm going to go get the way, 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 way better guy. 
I see what you're saying, but I'm actually going to leave Kyrie there. Let him ruin James Harden's life until James Harden says he wants to come to Philly. It's just wild to me that Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant only played 16 games together. Right. Injuries. Vaccination. Listen, do you remember when the Knicks made a panic trade of Chris Dapps Porzingis? And I said that the only reason they did it, and I stand by this, the only reason they did it was to get two max free agent spots so that they could get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And I said, and people mocked me, I'd rather have neither than have both. And this is fucking proof. The Nets are a debacle. Kevin Durant is one of the, I'm going to call him seven greatest players in NBA history. And Kyrie Irving has torn the franchise down. Kyrie Irving is COVID. Kyrie Irving got inside the Nets and shut down their fucking system. The goddamn Nets are on life support because they contracted Kyrie. He's done that to a few organizations. He's the he is he is the goddamn basketball devil. Once he possesses your soul, there's there the devil don't tear up those contracts, man. He came in. He ran James Harden off of one of the Vegas odds-on favorites to win the NBA championship. James Harden was like, this is stupid. One of our best players is refusing to play. We suck when he does play. Get me the fuck out of here. I would argue... Kyrie Irving is the opposite of Kevin Durant, one of the top seven most destructive players in the history of the NBA. What do you think, or do you think Allen Iverson is showing James Harden all the best strip clubs in Philly? There's no way Allen Iverson still lives in Philly, right? No, but you think he's going to show him any of the best strip clubs? James Harden loves strip clubs, doesn't he? I believe he does. And I believe Delilah's will be the one that he... That's a strip club in Philly. I believe that's if my sources are correct. Well, you got sources now. You got that out of are My sources are me. Okay. Um, just, you know. But I don't know. I haven't been in a long time. So James Harden, was, Philly. he was... He was worried about how he would look. That's what they say. If he demanded a trade. But I that's guess two, that's two organizations now. Yeah. And I guess he made it known, though, that he wouldn't mind be traded. The, what's crazy is that this is the deal that gets done. I mean, you're kind of obviously the uh, Nets get first round draft picks back. But like we're talking about a Nets team that was a toe over the three point line away from being in the NBA finals last year. 
And this Kyrie Irving situation has them as a play-in team and James Harden demanding to be moved. And then you move him to Philly. In your own conference. 90 miles away. Brooklyn and Philly, obviously, you know, the New York-Philly rivalry, I mean, I don't think it's it's not Giants-Eagles. Nick Sixers is kind of a thing, but barely, because for the majority of the last 30 years, both teams have been kind of shitty with with a few exceptions. But, like, it's crazy to me that Brooklyn would do that. But at the same time, it's crazy not to do it because you suck. James Harden doesn't want to be there. Ben Simmons is kind of a wild card. The craziest part about the whole thing is like, what? Okay, you get the first rounders. You get Seth Curry. You get Drummond. Okay? Great. It's a great haul. The Ben Simmons thing is, what is Ben like? What is Ben Simmons right now? Are we just assuming he comes back and he's like the best version of Ben Simmons? Because the best version of Ben Simmons is great, but the worst version of Ben Simmons is terrible. Yeah, I can't imagine anxiety. Like, I'm thinking about comedians getting back on stage after COVID. I saw some shaky legs up there. You know, I saw some people that weren't fucking. I got to say, you know, I, uh, I didn't, I don't feel like I ever really lost my mojo, but I saw some people great, formerly great comics, totally lost mojos at the beginning of reopening. The worst version of Ben Simmons right now would be really bad. I guess we'll find out, right? And now Kevin Durant, the poor guy, I can't even imagine what his Twitter fingers are doing tonight. Can't even imagine what his burner accounts on Instagram are doing. But he is now playing with two of the biggest head cases in NBA history on one team in Brooklyn. Wild. I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, a lot, a lot of guys moving, a lot of guys living in different cities, Joe. That's correct. It's not easy. Like I, I just did it. It's not easy when you move to a new place. It's not easy because you usually don't have any furniture. That's right. Ben Simmons right now going taking his car collection to Brooklyn. There's not even he's not, he's not gonna have a house with a garage in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? He's gonna have to he's gonna have to find himself an apartment. And now he's got to furnish a whole apartment, Andy. How long? Who knows how long he'll be there? The the way the NBA goes. If I were him, I wouldn't buy. I would rent. Yeah. I would rent furniture. I would rent furniture through our brand new sponsor, Furnish. Furnish Furnish.com. F-E-R-N-I-S-H. If I were Ben Simmons. Yeah. It seems like the logical move right there to go rent furniture, especially if you are a player who's on the move constantly. Guys, Furnish is an LA-based furniture rental company. Furnish is, and they're also, and this will be a good segue into the Super Bowl, it's taking a big bet on the Rams for the Super Bowl. 
They're offering a tier discount of up to $1,000 off rentals on orders placed before Sunday's kickoff. The greater the margin of Rams victory, the greater the savings. It's $125 off for a Rams win and with a spread that increases up to $1,000 if they win by more than 25 points. So if the, if the Rams win outright, you get $125 off. They win by four points, $250 off. 11 points, $375 off. 18 points, $500 off. And if they win by 25 or more, which would shock the world, you get $1,000 off. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So orders. I mean, that's crazy, dude. You think about this. You get, you place an order. They, they could essentially end up paying for your whole yeah. order. Get a couch. Seriously. Get an armoire. Get, oh. a, get an ottoman. Orders get a Chesterfield. Need- you like, he's not getting through this. Orders need to be placed before kickoff on Sunday, and the discount will be applied starting March 1st, 2022. The Super Bowl is a home holiday like no other, and Given Furnish was built to make people feel right at home. The company says it feels only right to roll out an offer that gives everyone a home field advantage. It's crucial to be comfortable at home at all costs, so Furnish is betting they can help make that happen and have a bit of fun along the way. So rent your furniture from Furnish, for a minimum of two months, then return it, swap it out for something else, buy it, or even rent to own. Free seven-day rental, delivery, free assembly. Learn more at F-E-R-N-I-S-H.com. That's F-E-R-N-I-S-H.com. Use code HOMETOWN. Terms and conditions apply. How cool would it be? I'm, you know, I might start doing this. How cool is it to just like re- decorate your apartment every two months it's like yo i was going with like a you know bohemian chic vibe now i'm thinking maybe uh mid-century modern <laughs> just mixing it up something i should have done people coming in, people coming over like hey am i crazier the last time i was here did you have a whole different vibe yeah i like it change is good it's not always easy guys but it's good Okay. Andy, before we get to the NBA or the NFL, I'm gonna I just want to ask you one question. Do you think James Harden makes the Philadelphia 76ers and is pairing with Joel Embiid an Eastern Conference Finals team? Yes. I like it. Decisive. I mean, Embiid's having a great year. Yeah. And awesome. I, I think I think that pair pairing should work well together. Okay, on to my favorite subject, the Super Bowl. I mean, let's just be honest. This is like you said earlier in the show. This is the Super Bowl of all Super Bowls for our show and also for a lot of people. Lots of good storylines. As you alluded to, I have the miniature Rams helmet. I got the Bengals. Spray painted orange with this is black tape. My dad made this when I was in the first grade. Oh, this explains the hair now. You were wearing this before. No, the hair is just, I just, you know, you know the, the hair is just, it is what it is. I, I, my hair changes all the time. You know, I'm like furnished, I'm always getting a new look. I didn't get it cut. I just, you know, it's got showing a little bangs today. Yeah. Did you do that with a uh, hair dryer? Did you like 
No, I just got a shower that way, man. <laughs> Going back to the and you and you were like, I'm about. I know I'm about to do the podcast, but I'd also like to be uh, Russell Crowe's villain men torturer in the gladiator i'm going full joaquin phoenix somebody said on youtube is that andy or young zach efron <laughs> old zach efron uh joe the super bowl so much to talk about uh, you know i said it before and i'll say it again because i stand by this and i am excited to be able to say this to about a super bowl that i am attending the most likable Super Bowl matchup that I can remember in a very long time. And I said that uh, uh, the last I, I said the last, you know, kind of version I felt like this about. And I didn't even really enjoy that game as much. But like the last game I can remember where it was like kind of the feeling of everybody except for the two teams playing wins was Saints Colts. And somebody said to me, how dare you? Uh, th that was the Saints team that had a bounty on us, Vikings. And I was like, guys, you didn't know that at the time. That sure. came out way later. <laughs> you didn't know going into the Super Bowl that there had been a bounty. So I feel like, and again, obviously, you know, teams that lost to these teams on the way to the Super Bowl, maybe their fans aren't, you know, I'm sure Niners fans aren't rooting for the Rams. And I'm sure, you know, Chiefs fans aren't, rooting for the the Bengals but all in all from a from an NFL fan standpoint I feel like this is the most lovable game we've had in a long time well a couple storylines that I wanted to discuss that I was thinking over the last few weeks as I've been knee deep in this Super Bowl stuff one is just how different the franchises are which I don't think enough people were talking about like how these teams were built and the ownership, you have Stan Kroenke, who made a shit ton of money in real estate development, I'm pretty sure. Then he marries a Walton, so now he's marrying into even more money. And then you have Mike Brown, who this is the only family business, the Cincinnati Bengals, takes over after his father passes away, Paul Brown. So, so you have just two different, right, completely different organizations. The Rams are... Like you said, they're all in. They're going yeah. all in. Not to mention Rams, L.A. to St. Louis to L.A. The Bengals wallowing, toiling away in Cincinnati for all those years. Um, one, has, one has a brand new $6 billion state-of-the-art stadium. The other has a stadium that looks like it's set in 1988 Russia. Yeah. There's no character to it. There's no statues. There's no fanfare. I mean, one has, you know, the star quarterback pushing the team bus stuck in the snow to his practice. He's literally putting his whole team on his There's back. videos up on Instagram and TikTok of the University of Cincinnati women's lacrosse team being like, I guess practice is over early today because the Super Bowl bound Bengals have to come in. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is fascinating to me just how different they are. And the Bengals have definitely become America's darling, I would think. A lot of people like the story. It's a good underdog story. But here's what I'll say before we jump into it. They are technically underdogs again. Yes. But, dude, I, I've been reading so much. 
from ESPN to the athletic to the ringer and everywhere I go, the picks from all the quote unquote experts and analysts are split. So the Bengals might be underdogs on paper, but I feel this is a very almost 50, 50 because people believe in the Bengals as they should. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Absolutely. They're, they're under, Absolutely. They're, they're again, they're underdogs. They've been but, under, they're, they're not as big of an underdog as they were in the AFC championship game, which they won. They're not as big of an underdog as they were in the round before. And they won. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So that for them to be underdogs, it kind of doesn't matter. I will say one thing I want to talk, you know, we've talked about all the storylines, the fan bases of both of these franchises are also kind of fascinating. The Rams are, there aren't really with the exception of, you know, the uh, Rams fans who stuck with them, St. Louis or Rams fans who were original LA Rams fans stuck with them when they went to St. Louis and then came back. You don't see a lot of those credit to those people who exist, you know, credit to the Chabellis or whatever. Although I think they bailed when they were in Cincinnati or in St. Louis, my apologies, and then came back. But like really a, a, a relatively new fan base. Uh, the Bengals, obviously an old fan base that has been desperate to see team success. And I got to say this, and I feel like you're going to agree with me. They've been kind of obnoxious in these two weeks. I, 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 I find Bengals fans a bit obnoxious in these two weeks. I'm Expl not explain for me. Uh, it's just a little, like I, I would like to see a little bit more, um, a little bit more like we humility. Yeah, just like a little bit more like we've we're we've got something special happening. Uh we we've shown we can beat anybody. We like our chances in this game. A lot of experts are picking us, a lot of experts aren't picking us. And uh either way, you know, we think we're gonna win this football game, but either way, something's happening in Cincinnati. I'm seeing a little too much of we we fuck you. You said we couldn't beat the Chiefs, and we fucking beat them, and we're gonna beat you. And where it's like it's a little bit. You're like, guys, you didn't win a playoff game for 31 years. Stop acting like you already won the Super Bowl. I didn't. I, I agree. See, I didn't see. Listen, they're obviously not 14 point underdogs, and they're not 10 point underdogs. But you know. I, even in the second Giants run, I felt like Giants fans were like, you know, that first one, no one believed in us and we did it. Listen, this one's cream cheese. Like, okay, if they get us this time, we got the, we got the 18 and 0 season. It wasn't, I didn't see a lot of Giants fans. We fucking kicked their ass once. We'll fucking kick their ass again. I would like to see like guys, I feel like, well, I, I, here's my thing on that. I, I think that's kind of what I was alluding to. I think the Bengals have played the underdog role great, but that's my point is I don't think people are taking them as the underdog anymore, but kind of they're still taking that mantra and I, I, I just, the Rams are not going to take them lightly. We know that. And, right. and, and Sean McVay is not going to take them lightly and I, I know what you're saying. I, I think, I mean, I sent you some, uh, there's been some wild articles out there 
now somehow praising the moves that ownership has made. And they made some, some nice free agent signings, especially in the defensive end in the offseason. But like, let's make no mistake, like you said, I'm talking 31 years. And this isn't me being a dick. It's just the truth. Like, like you, if you're a Bengals fan, I mean, I've said this, I can't stop saying this. You got to win now. Joe Burrow's contract extension is up after next year. Like you have to win now. There was a great article. I was like, man, did these guys listen to dirty sports? There was a great article in the athletic that literally broke that down. It, it was discussing Burrow and Murray and these young quarterbacks. And then it showed the percentage of the payroll that a quarterback has once they get the deal and everybody from Russell Wilson to a few others. But like, that's, what's so unique about this Rams team. Conversely, like Stafford's deal. Isn't that crazy? Cause he signed it years ago with the lions. Right. So like they've been able to kind the, of that, that Ram, the, the, what the, what the Rams are dealing with is that they got so many of those guys and the draft capital that it cost them. You're not only, you're not only, you didn't only push the limits of the salary cap, but you can't really refresh that by getting rid of guys next year and then reloading in a young sense because yeah. you gave away tons of draft capital. Yeah. So but, Back to, you know, back to the original thing is like, I, I agree with you. We can do ifs, ends, or buts all the time. If they had had to go to Buffalo and not Kansas City and if blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, I am not taking anything away from the Cincinnati Bengals. I will be happy for the Cincinnati Bengals and Cincinnati Bengals fans if they win. I'll be happy to be at a Super Bowl that the Bengals win. I'm not rooting for them just because, you know, when I go to a game, I like to pick a side and I'm picking the side with Odell, I'm picking the side of the city I live in. I'm picking the side that matters to more people in my life than, you know, I'm not, you know, I'll be happy for Justin Wood, but like, he's the only real Bengals fan I know, you know? Um, so I'm rooting for the Rams, but like you said, it's hard to get to a Super Bowl. You, you're not guaranteed to get back. And this like idea that this is the beginning of the Patriots dynasty. I've heard that a couple times. Oh, yeah, I've heard it personally. Like I said, I mean, I mean, I mean, look, like I said, I, I'm living it. I'm here. I see the Bengals hoopla everywhere and it's good for the city. No one, no one's going to deny that. And, and kids are excited. And I coach a fourth grade basketball team and they're all in Bengals gear and their parents and they're all excited. Like, look, I'm not I'm I just keep my mouth shut. Uh, you know, I, I poked the bear a few times, but that's because I like to have fun with it. But look. When it comes down to it, you have two very evenly matched teams. You have two good teams. You have two teams that are playing good football right now. You have a fascinating storyline of the teacher versus student with Sean McVay and Zach Taylor. You have Andrew Whitworth, who was a great Cincinnati Bengal his whole tenure here. And, and he's been a great Ram. And the Bengals didn't want to pay him, which I'll actually give them a mulligan there. Like, I understand that he was an aging offensive lineman. They didn't want to pay him. He goes to LA. He's not been to two Super Bowls as yeah. a Ram. Like and that's, no, a, you know, it's, it's, he's it's 40 hard. years old. Yeah. It's, it's, he's like, he's like 47. It's like, no, he's, he's 40. Is he 40? Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's 50. Yeah. It's hard to predict a guy is going to be playing tackle in the league at 40. I mean, it's a fascinating story. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a great storyline. There's, there's a lot of good storylines that are going to play out in this game. 
And, and, and where I kept going back and forth all week was like, was what I've been saying is it's crazy because sacks have not mattered to Joe Burrow all year, all year. It hasn't mattered. Dude gets lit and he gets right up and he makes plays. He, he is the most calm, cool, collective quarterback that I've seen in a long time. And I've brought it up. You've brought it up. Shades of very 2007, 2011 New York Giants, where Eli's going to be calm, cool, poised, collected, make the plays when he has to, also rely on a good defense. Joe Burrow's only thrown four touchdowns in this playoffs. Right. And I, but I'm not taking a dig. That's not a dig at him. That's saying Dude, it's, there's no such a, like, it, you know, it's the kind of thing that the people who, uh, you know, do too much talking on social media these days. There's too many, there's too many keyboard analysts. It's, it's one of those things that people talk about too much is look at this stat, look at this stat, look at this stat from people's careers, from people's past or whatever. Like your job is to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady did it with one touchdown. You know, uh, the, the idea that your Super Bowl. Oh, and then no one's going to say, I mean, listen, we've, we know we, there's something about Eli Manning's face that people don't like. So people do the carried by the defense thing, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford and um, Joe Burrow both have to go over 300 yards. I believe in this game to pass Eli Manning's all time or a uh, single season playoff yardage record. So I know carried by the defense, but, the most yards ever in one postseason, So it doesn't matter. Like the people, a giants fan, I don't give a shit what you think happened. Like who gets, I don't care if Joe Burrow goes, you know, zero touchdowns, four interceptions, and they win. You just got to win the fucking game. And, and right now I'll be honest. I might feel I probably would lean towards Burrow as far as being more comfortable with Burrow than Stafford. I, I, I think, I think Stafford Rams fans know this. He could throw just an awful pick. Like he did against the Niners. Dude, you throw that four from the four yard. Like that's it. I just don't think Joe Burrow is doing that. Yeah. Right now. I think that there's a, the, you know, the differences between those guys is, what we've seen in this playoffs when you're and the Rams knew this in acquiring Matthew Stafford and it's year one of Matthew Stafford in LA they're in the Super Bowl. So spoiler, it fucking worked. Sure. But when you have Matthew Stafford, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. The guy makes throws. The guy makes plays with his eyes. The guy makes plays with arm angles and things that truly, and I've seen people say this and I've seen the Dan Orlovsky say it, and I couldn't agree more that if Patrick Mahomes did it, we'd see it 50 times when he looks over a safety over and essentially throws a, a no look pass. If it was, you know, Mahomes, we'd be bonering out of Matthew Stafford does it all the time, but Matthew Stafford believes he can make every fucking throw. And I'd almost argue there were times in that Chiefs game where the issue for the Chiefs in the Bengals game was 
It looked like Mahomes lost that feeling that he could make any throw. When you do that, though, you'll throw a pick. On the opposite side, Burrow, young, good defense, knows, don't make a mistake. And throughout these playoffs has been smart. We have seen him pull the ball down and get first downs with his legs and keep the chains moving and keep the chains going when he probably had a throw in his arsenal that he could make. And he was like, why do it if I can just get nine yards right here? Yeah, I could fucking Mahomes it. I could Josh Allen. I could Stafford a 40-yard throw right here. But we don't need it. We just need a first down. We need to keep on chugging along. That's the name of the that's that's playing quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's fascinating. Just looking at those two guys, you know, you have the like you're saying the second year guy versus the vet. I think a lot of people have empathy. I do for a guy who was stuck in Detroit all those years. Was criticized by a lot of people saying he couldn't do it. And, and I was probably one of them at some point, but I mean, guys, if you want to go down, if you want a treasure trove of this, I've been doing it throughout the playoffs. If you guys want a treasure trove of keyboard cold takes, go look at the comments on the Russ top five YouTube video in dirty sports land where the internet lost its mind because I, in that top five, when we were disagreeing, we said I would take Stafford over Russ. The go look at the comments on that. If you guys want to really enjoy yourself, because I've gone back and replied to a lot of them in these playoffs. Um, of course you have. Prano never. Never forget. Never forget. When, when, when Matthew Stafford goes to the Super Bowl, I go to sleep at night, and then I wake up in a cold sweat, and I'm like, oh, my God. Josh, 1975659, said three and a half years ago, that I should kill myself forever comparing that the bearded guy should kill himself for even comparing Matthew Stafford to Russell Wilson. Don't worry, guys. I've I've gotten the replies in. But if you if you enjoy that kind of thing, it's out there. I can't believe you went back. Oh man. Actually, I actually I can. Why do people keep calling? You can't believe I went back? It's very on brand, Andy. I know. That's why I'm joking. Okay. People keep calling. The problem is I would take them, but you, you, you can't speak to them. I don't know. Right. We got to figure that out. So right. uh, we will someday. One thing going in the Bengals favor, which you also, I know are going to like, is that the Cincinnati Bengals are proudly sponsored by Miller Light Joe. I'm drinking it. I'm wearing it. I got to say, uh, I, unless I'm incorrect, did not see Miller Lights at SoFi when I was there. So that is a wild card. We got a, we got a Cincinnati team support, supporting Miller Lite. I obviously am supporting Miller Lite. I, you always support it, Joe. I, I mean, listen. You have been... I hate to. Why, I hate why to, are you not CEO? Why are you not the chief executive listen, Andy, officer? I hate to life? turn this into a personal endorsement, but I have been. I mean, it is 85 degrees today in 
Southern California. And I actually put this on my TikTok and my Instagram. You guys can go watch it. I said, when it's 85 degrees in February, all I need is someone to, they don't even have to be talking about drinking. If I just hear the word beer, I'm like, you know what? You're right. It's 85 degrees in February. I should probably go into my fridge, go into my Miller Lite mini fridge here that the fine folks at Miller Lite gave me, put on my Miller Lite hat and drink a Miller Lite. Well, Joe, Miller Lite is brewed for taste. It's hits. You know this more than anybody. It hits different than other light beers because it's made from simple ingredients. Miller Lite is for people who love the taste of beer. It's been around since 1975 no games no gimmicks just a great beer for people who like beer miller light great taste 96 calories go to millerlight.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you or you can pick up or you can pick up some miller light pretty much anywhere they sell beer it's miller time celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces I'm like the Matthew Stafford of personal endorsers. You live by the sword. You die by the sword. Guys, grab yourself a cold Miller Lite. I prefer bottles. Cans are also fantastic. My top beer rankings in the world, Miller Lite draft, Miller Lite bottle, Miller Lite can, and then every other beer tied for fourth. So go out, whichever whichever container you prefer to drink your Miller Lite out of. Get some for this Sunday's big game. That's right. Are, are we gonna we're gonna make some picks? We're gonna jump yes. into it. I mean, so, I mean, we 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 danced around it. I'll just start off here before we even make picks. You know, I've seen so many different stats, and I'll just give some of them. Like, here's an interesting one: the Rams are ten and one when Aaron Donald has at least half a sack. Yeah. On one hand, I'm like. Mm, that bodes good for the Rams. On the other hand, I'm like, okay, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and still won a game. Right. So I'm like, does that stat mean anything? Well, obviously, we're going to talk the gambling aspect of the big game that we always do in our Super Bowl preview show. Yeah. We're going to go through, you know, MVPs and lines and and anthems and whatever. But I think, and and we've definitely done this in the past where we kind of like save our personal predictions for the end, but I think we should do them now because a lot of times it's pretty obvious. I think it colors. It gives you a little context to some of maybe our gambling picks for the game. Yeah. So Andy, let's make our super bowl personal predictions on what we think is going to happen in this game. And then we can dive in to all the, you know, literally thousands of things that you can bet on for the Super Bowl, which I will be. I will be betting on at least two dozen different things in this. Well, we have some calls too. Okay. People, you know, that their fans love that this, you know, it's hitting so home, so hard for me. I mean, look, I have no problem letting this thing rip a little long tonight. If if you want, we'll start off with a quick hitter. You know, people want to know like what's going on in my head. Joe, Andy, your number one Minnesota farmer, Dirtball Jay. Um, I was thinking, how would Bengals fan, raging alcoholic Andy Ruther handle this uh, championship run? Had he still be in that state? Like, we're talking 
almost get kicked out of Christmas in your Bengals jersey, Andy Ruther. What would he be doing uh, during this championship run if you were still a Bengals fan? <laughs> Stay dirty, guys. It's a great question, Jay. So a couple of things before you answer that, Andy. Did you give up on the Bengals before or after the brain injury? After. After. No, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. Before. Before. It was like three months before. Okay. So it's almost identical. Essentially, sober Andy, post brain injury Andy, has always been a non Bengals fan. Pre denting Andy was always a Bengals fan. It was a very distinct turning point in your life that year. Yeah, for sure. By the way, Bob Saget died of a brain. Like, did you see this news? I mean, I'll, I'll be, can I be honest? Like, like serious for a minute. Like I got kind of emotional seeing that, like just how lucky I am. Like when I read that yesterday, it, it's awful. Like it, it's straight up awful. And I, and I really feel for his entire family. And I hate seeing that because you know, anybody knows who's ever had a traumatic brain injury. You hit your head just like him. I was a, like, granted, I was an idiot. He like, I was an idiot, drunken idiot. Bob wasn't, he hit his head and he goes to sleep and he didn't know it was serious. Well, Andy, this is a comedy sports podcast. So as far as your emotional stuff goes, I'm going to ask you to cut it out. Bob would appreciate that. Bob Sackett would appreciate that. Uh <laughs> Hey, you brought it up, man. I know. I know. I just had to get that one in there. <laughs> I I'll say this. The drunken blacked out Andy would be exactly that. He'd get black and drunked out, you know, blacked out. I mean, and just, you know, it'd be hazy. So, so, so here's a quick story, which I don't know if I've shared. Let's, let's, let's imagine the world where Andy is still not still fully undented, still drinks still, I guess, you know, you know, like, well, I'm not even going to give you other, I'm not even going to give you other things. Let's just call it undented, unsober Andy. Where is this game being watched? What city do you live in? Like, or is it, you know, are, are you and guy and couch just like getting a couple bottles of Jack and some liters of Coke and just getting a couple liters of cola and just like going to town? Well, if I'm living here, I'm watching it at a party somewhere and just okay. getting turned. I'm wearing a Joe Burrow jersey for sure. Here's a throwback of one of the many just Bengal struggles that I had to deal with as a fan. It was the 2010 season, I believe, 2009 or 2010. The Bengals won their division. They won all six division games, which nobody predicted. They, they finished 10 and six. They played the Jets in the wild card at home. Now, the Jets had a great deed. That was one of the teams that went to the AFC Championship. But you still thought in your head, hey, man, the Bengals are at home. They got Mark Sanchez and... You know, the Bengals have Ocho and Hushman Zada and Carson Palmer has made a bunch of Pro Bowls. I went down to my buddies in Hermosa Beach and just did that. I got blacked out in my Palmer jersey. I was so mad. That's when I used to sell those shot bongs. 
I was I, I was ripping tequila out of the shop bong, and I, I, I don't say this proudly. It's, it's I, such an Andy Ruther move to sell shot bongs. I woke you know what, up. You know what a shot is? It's a shot bong. That's what a shot is. <laughs> what do you need the bong portion for? Hey, man, those were fun things to sell at the frat house. I bet they were. Because frat boys aren't like, these are unnecessary. They're just like, we'll take them. And I, and I want to give a disclaimer before I say this next part. Do not do this. Okay. Do not do this. Do not do what I did. I got blacked out. And that was like, that was like a one o'clock West Coast game. So it's probably like 4, 4.30 East Coast. Anyway, I woke up the next day in my own apartment with no memory of how I got home, none. And there was Jack in the box all over my kitchen. No memory of, of going home. And my buddy called me and he's like, yo, dude, I don't know what happened, but you were so drunk. You couldn't even make it to the bar. We just like threw you on my couch. And uh, your Carson Palmer jersey is still here. So you got to come get that. And I had no memory of getting home and I was an idiot. There's no excuses for that. Uh, but uh, I'm saying that's what you were dealing with. Like, just let's get blacked out. Let's eat Jack in the box. Let's drown our sorrows. In another Bengals playoff loss. Sadly, I think that's, you know, that could have been maybe, I would hope maybe not now at 40. Right. Yeah. But you, you, dude, I mean, if it's your team, like it's your team, man, is Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I probably would have gone crazy. I'm going to play one more call and then we'll get to yeah. it. I don't know if the dirt balls are getting sick of this, but uh, you told me not to get emotional, but Joe, it might happen. I have mercy, Andy. It might happen after this call. <laughs> hey, Joe and Andy, this is Nick Alessandro, formerly of Ann Arbor, Michigan, currently in Stanford, Connecticut. And as a fellow fan of the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, um, I obviously know there's been a, a lot of lean years in there. I've been a fan for, since 2004, and I know there's been a lot of a lean years, not so great years. But with that being said, regardless of how bad the team is or however many bad years we have, which they definitely have some good ones, um, there's always, you know, there's a reason why we like sports. You get to share the good times with your friends. Your family, you get to go out and, you know, have a fun activity to do on the weekend, kind of a escape. So, um, with that being said, regardless of how good or bad the team is, there's lots of good memories associated with it. I think you guys would agree with that. So, Andy, I have a question for you. I know you've, how you feel about the, the Cincinnati Bengals. You've, you've made that clear. And, and I just kind of um, wanted to know, there were a lot of years in there where you were a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you kind of have a little more positive spin on it. What are some of your fondest memories as a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals? Whether that's like a game, um, whether that's spending time with family or friends, um, whatever it is. Um, hopefully, yes, I, I look forward to hearing what you have to say. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, you can bring back some, some fond memories for the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Good day. Have a good one. See you. The other Nick D'Alessandro. The other Nick D'Alessandro. Not. Not your son, Nick D'Alessandro. No, not Stanford, my son. Stanford, Connecticut. Now, now living in Stanford, Connecticut, home of Bobby Valentine, who in Stanford, Connecticut, invented the rap. 
I don't know if anybody knows that, but Bobby Valentine claims to have invented the wrap. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. He was like, what if you just put a different sandwich inside a burrito? And people were like, <laughs> that's the smartest thing anyone's ever said. And he goes, great. I'm going to patent it. I have invented the wrap. Did he patent it? I don't know. If, I don't think you can patent that kind of thing, but he claims to have invented the wrap. I think maybe Nick D'Alessandro brought that up in a past call or something, but yeah. But by the way, Nick, I mean, I mean, I'll just say this. Dude. You've been a fan since 2004. Like they've mostly had good teams and maybe not playoff success, but like, you know, what is that? 18 years. I think you got eight playoff runs in 18 years. I'll take that. Like you made me look up a stat, which you talk about lean years. From 1991 to 2000. So basically, my when Mike Brown took over, which I think I was in the third grade through high school, which this which is me, when this is when they were just whiffing I mean, every I mean, year. Right. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like. Think about it, Joe, like, I don't know what Klingler, you're saying. Kajana Carter, Achilles Smith, Achilles Smith, Big Daddy Wilkinson is the number one overall pick. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's bad. So Ooh, it just whiffs. So from 91 to 2000, again, I think it's important for you to know this. Achilles Smith. Like my third grade through high school. Like that, you're forming, you're forming that base for how you view a team. Third, fourth grade through high school, they were 47 and 113. The best record they ever had was eight and eight. So like, that that's when I saw my dad be like, I can't handle this. This is that's 10 years. That's 10 years of it. But I will say one of my, my first, I remember my first Bengals game. First Bengals game ever it was a preseason game. Actually, we went, it was the year after they won or the year after they were the AFC champs. They were playing the bills who they had beaten in the AFC championship the year before. And I was in the second grade and I'd never been. And I, my dad took me, I want to say my little brother and maybe my brother, Greg. And that's also, I think the first time I'd ever been in the yellow seats at Riverfront stadium. It was, it was a small section in the middle and that crowd was turnt and it was a great memory. And I remember just, you know, it's your first time being in, you're, you're at a young age. I'm second grade. Cause normally kids don't go to, I don't think football games too early. Cause it's, you know, it's a little rowdy at NFL games, but that was a great memory. I just remember the Bengals came back and won. Again, I know it's preseason, but I remember my dad even knew. He said, wow, they really want to win this game, which you know he thought was interesting because of its preseason. And one of the memories I really have of that game was one of the guys, I don't know if it was Rodney Holman or who it was in the Bengals, he had a face mask, you know, the dark. And my dad's, like, yeah. my dad's like, it's like Darth Vader. And I, he knew I was a Star Wars guy. And I love that. I was like, that's so cool. You know, little me as a second grader, be like, he's got a Darth Vader visor. Like that's that was like my first game. But the problem, like I said, is I got one playoff win the next year and then nothing. So all my other memories, I mean, I hate to say it, they're they're just not good. Like, like as a kid, they're just there aren't any. I remember being harassed by Browns fans. My dad took me my little brother to a Browns Bengals game. The Bengals got killed. I was, I don't know, probably a couple of years after that first game. I mean, I, I just don't have good memories. Cause like you said, those years, 
were just awful. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Carson Palmer years, when I go to games, I was blacked out drunk. So like, I mean, it was fun. You got it. By the way, the, as far as, uh, as you know, we talk about since you brought them up, but, uh, we talked about the most lovable, one of the most lovable Super Bowls. The, here's a here's a fan base that's definitely not loving this Super Bowl. The Browns fans. Oh no. The the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, and the Rams are in the Super Bowl because they get Odell to be a fucking solid two. I mean, if you're if you're out there just scrub a dubbing as a fucking Browns fan. Man, yeah, what what a terrible existence! No, I agree. That's got to be rough. That's that's got to be what rough. a bunch of scrub a dubs. By the way, did you see uh, what CJ Uzoma said? Uzama Uzuma, I did see this. Yes, he said he'll bathe in chili. Andy, I, I was- hate I hate to go full Andy Ruther on you right now. But uh, remember how? Remember when you would snap on dirt balls if they told you something that you had happened to read beforehand? You're now the seventeenth dirt ball to tell me about the Cincinnati skyline chili bath that CJ Ozama's going to take. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's get to. Also, the game. I don't know if you heard, but Ben Simmons was traded. He was. I, I oh, I didn't know about that. All right, let's get to the game. Then we can do some fun prop picks. All right. Give me, oh, I want, I want the, should we, do you want my take? We, do we, you go, with you go first. All right. Well, first of all, I think this is going to be a great football game. I think, uh, I think it's going, I like, I just don't see the potential for either of these teams to really blow out the other team. Super Bowls tend to start slow. Uh, they tend to be low scoring games. They take longer. There's more TV breaks, all this stuff. Even I think if we do have a decided like jump, I see the other team coming back. I think that this game will be relatively close in the end. Truly. I know it's kind of a cliche answer, but I think the Rams win this game. Because of their defensive line, because they're front four, I think that Aaron Donald has sort of like, I mean, in any other Rams season and any other Rams game, it's like Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. And now I feel like we have this Bengals team, which is stealing all the headlines. Joe Burr. We got... The Matthew Stafford storyline. We got Cooper Cup, the Loki MVP. Odell's getting headlines. Von Miller's added to the team. Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase. Who's going to win that matchup? Suddenly, I mean, I know your boy Zach Taylor is not forgetting about Aaron Donald. I think he's well aware. I think that they're very much not forgetting about him. But I just think that while I agree with you, that I don't think that. I think Joe Burrow could get sacked six times and this still be a game. And that is a testament to Joe Burrow. Um, I, I think I see 
the Aaron Donald big play, the Aaron Donald, you know, meeting Joe Mixon in th- fucking three yards in the backfield and taking his life in the football, a, a strip sack. A, I just think that we could see a, you know, a big play from their front. And that's what I think gives the Rams a victory. It seems silly to say that uh, I think the Rams win and the Bengals cover. A lot of places have at four and a half. I like a Bengals cover at four and a half for sure. I know some places have it at four. Um, So I'm going to go Rams win and Bengals cover, but I'm more confident in a Rams win for sure. And I'm betting, as I said, I'm definitely betting the Rams one to six point victory. I'm going heavy on that one to six again, riding that the whole thing. I pick the team I think is going to win. I go to one of the six in these playoff games. I think we could see some big kicks from McPherson. I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm taking the Rams. Uh, you know, you know, what's interesting to me is no one. And I'm also doing that for Justin Wood, who doesn't want me picking the Bengals. Sure. No one, no one is saying this game could be a double digit game. Not many, not many people are saying that they're not, which is surprising to me because if it's a double digit game, I'll say it's the Rams who are winning the double digit game. The Bengals are going to win the close game. I brought up last year's game. I'm a little shocked. Nobody's bringing that up. I know it's different circumstances, but I think a lot of people are overlooking even like the local Cincinnati editorial saying there's no home field advantage. That is bullshit. The Bengals might have more fans there to be able to play in your home city and not have to travel in the rhythm. That is a home field advantage. It is. Nobody really talked about it last year either. I don't feel, I, I, I think that is a huge advantage for the Rams. They're in their locker room, dude. They're in their own locker room. How is that not an advantage? I've gone back and forth so many times on this. Like I said, way, and, and, and listen, I agree with you. Like I, if, if the, listen, I would be shocked if this is a 17 point margin, you know, I think yeah, the whole world yeah, would be shocked. I would, I would too, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. And I listen, sh- the Rams, the, 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 the thing that makes me doubt this Rams team is that they like consistency is their issue. Yes. Do they go the four straight? Fucking years, but also, dude, listen, the Bengals lost to the Jets. So what the fuck are we talking about? Exactly. Oh, anybody can I listen, I know that this this is a run, but the you know, the thing about it is like we're on this run. This seems like what about this? What about this like vet heavy Rams team? Like, why are they not on a run? Because they were supposed to be good. I think the Rams have been overlooked. Because the Bengals are America's darling. And I agree with you. This this Aaron Donald kind of flying under the radar is funny to me. Matthew Stafford still worries me. He seems to worry you a lot less. I just, I, I like. He worries me, but I just think, I, I think, you know, I, I, maybe it's, maybe it's my lifelong, you know, essentially my growing up as an adult, my adulthood, my undying love of Arguably, with my father having passed away, my now favorite man on the planet, Eli Manning. Maybe it's my obsession with him, but I. But it's like, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I don't mind 
the like the the what worries me about Matthew Stafford also excites me about like yeah, dude, you you get a bad pick for once. I don't fucking mind it. I'm, got, yeah, I'm, we, I'm like we, low key into it. That's fine. But you got to do it early in the game. Sure. You can't throw that pick in the fourth quarter. Sure. I got a few stats because I had read something and I don't know if these mean anything. I'm going to say Andy has not decided. That is what he's telling you guys. He is currently in the process of deciding. It's true. It's, it's true. Dude, there, there's part of me that says the Bengals opened the game. Aaron Donald blows burrow up strip sack fumble. And I know the Bengals are a great second half team, but to me, it's like, then that's the aha moment for the Bengals going, shit, we're in the Super Bowl in their building. Like, that's where they have that young cockiness. They're not, the moment's not too big for them, which they've played great. I think that could happen. Conversely, I think if the Bengals march right down and score a touchdown, that's huge too. I want to I say this stat real quick because I saw this, and I don't know if this means anything. And I'm going to say that up front. But I had seen this somewhere from a Bengals blog earlier this year. It's a weird stat, but it's interesting. Zach Taylor is horrible against coaches 45 and younger. Which I'm like, that's interesting. It basically, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Wildest it, stats of all time. But it's not, it's his contemporaries. Yeah. So, th- so this year alone, the Super Bowl bound Bengals, this year alone, he went one in six against <laughs> coaches 45 and younger. Who's the one? Who's the one guy he beat? Dan Campbell from the Lions. And is he really <laughs> is he really a coach? He was really 0-6. So McVay is, I'm sorry, Taylor, since he joined the league. And and again, I know the first two years were bad, but like he's just not, he's two and sixteen against any young coach, 45 yeah. and younger which the majority of the coaches at this point are. So he's two and 16. Conversely, Sean McVay is 19 and 10. How does he, but uh, but this is, I guess I need, I need to know also about these, but how does Zach Taylor fare against circumcised coaches versus uncircumcised coaches? You know, I'm bringing this up. I know because you're, you're mocking it because I'm saying, I think against again, his contemporaries, and I saw it this year against the Chargers, against the Niners. I think he gets out coached. And I think, I think he, those two games, he got out coached. So look, his track record is not good. His two wins against coaches 45 and younger in his career are Dan Campbell and Adam Gase. And maybe this means nothing. I'm just throwing it out there. He's going against his old boss. Who's a young guy who's already lost and said the moment was too big for him. Then again, dude, I think Joe Burrow is that good a quarterback. Like he really is. Talk about, he didn't just put the team on his back though. He put the entire city. He's stacking up vats of chili on his back as he's carrying the Bengals. Mike Brown's 86-year-old ass. He's got him in a wheelchair. He's just carrying everybody. But is it enough? I don't know. Do I have to make a pick? I don't know what I'm doing. This is the toughest decision ever. And I know everyone's waiting because of the Ruther curse. 
it's just, it's really tough to bet against the Bengals right now. I don't know. Can we come back to it? Is that lame? All right, Joe. I mean, the Ruther curse have so, so much at play here. I mean, the Ruther curse is essentially responsible for the Super Bowl. Bengals, Odell, Super Bowl. It's unreal. Yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy, man. You were like, Zach Taylor's not a good coach. He's like, how I'm in the Super Bowl, Doc. I, I think. Uh, oh, Bengals fans are going to love this. Justin Wood. Randy Ruther's going to love this. I think the Rams win. Oh, wow. I thought you were. <laughs> People are th- oh, like, it's like that, you know, the reaction that you've, you've seen the thing where all the uh, European football fans are like watching outside and the goal yeah. goes in and they all, th- all over Cincinnati right now. People are throwing up in the air. They're bowls of chili. They're chili martinis. They're chill. All these chili things that we've seen in the last two weeks. Cause but, fucking, but, but I'll say this, and this is people this is, are just celebrating in the streets. They think they already won the Super Bowl. Andy Ruth, the Andy Ruther curse has picked the Rams, but, but uh, in full disclosure, I, I feel I'm, I'm usually pretty honest on a zero to 10 confidence level. I have a one in that pick. Wow. So like when I say, I think the Rams win, I don't know if for the Ruther curse, I got to go all in. I am not all in on the Rams. I think the Rams win. But I will not be shocked if the Bengals win. I like this. You guys have heard it. I'm struggling in real time. Let, let, let me ask you this question. What do I mean? I think that these these are we, we think that these teams are, you know, a, a nice matchup. Yes. We, you know, Vegas is a four. Um, we both agree it's going to be a, a competitive game. Yeah, I think so. What would you say if you had to say the 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 number one thing? It's it's Coach Andy Ruther. You, you know, you've got you've got the coach hair going. You've got uh, you know you're you're ready to go on your whiteboard. What are you putting as the number one thing the Rams have to do to win this game? And what are you putting as the number one thing? that the Bengals have to do this win this game because essentially you have said protect Joe Burrow. I mean, that's not the number one thing, right? If you no, don't even think that I think I'm throwing that out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Andy the, Ruther who started the year with this is everything wrong with the Bengals franchise was not drafting the, the tackle. Well, dude, Burrow's proved me wrong. Burrow. Like I always knew Burrow was good. It was great. Yeah. I mean, he's been that good. I got to give credit where credit's due. To me, the big thing are, are are two things. I know. By the way, I, I know I said just because you're saying Burrow's that good, and you, and we both slurp Burrow a lot, and we love Burrow. And I know I said I didn't care, but I am going to do like the. I, I know I said I didn't care about the Eli Manning thing, but again, we're doing this. I, these both these guys have an opportunity to break that record. It's amazing the storylines that we make. Like you said, Burrow two touchdowns. Right. No, he's had four touchdowns, two interceptions, four touchdowns, two interceptions. He's he's played, but he's played great. And we agree. That's exactly what they got to do to win. But it's isn't it amazing. You would think that he's thrown 16 touchdowns and no interceptions. It's like 
Can we give the like I love Joe Burrow. Give him all the credit. But can we also mention the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals are awesome? Like well, that that's they've what, all played really well. Well, I've talked about their defense. That's what I was about to say. And yeah. I've said this. Their defense has seven takeaways. Let's not forget that. In three games, seven takeaways. To me, this game boils down to two things. The turnover margin, who wins that battle? The Bengals, I think, have won that battle every game, or at least they they split that with Kansas City. Actually, I think they won that. I don't know. And also big plays. Jamar Chase takes off. Big play. Mixon can run one. Big play. If the Rams can win the turnover battle and also limit big plays, they're going to win the game. If they can win the turnover battle and limit Bengals' big plays. you got to limit big plays. And, and I the, think, and you think the Bengals to win need to win the turnover margin and yes. have some yes. have some because Burrow's Burrow's going to get sacked. He he just is. I mean, the Bengals' offensive line is is it's awful, and that's Which, not. I don't know if you've seen this. This is like the new 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 analytics of. At this point, they're saying, and this is this is the Joe Burrow defying thing. Uh, there are at this point. Sacks are almost worse than interceptions. You know, all all things considered, they're essentially they're saying unless you throw like a red zone interception that costs your team points, or you throw a reverse red zone interception that ends up giving the other teams points, like just a general run of the mill, middle of the field, fucking no, is is actually not as bad as taking like sacks can absolutely like devalue your chance of winning games. But I would counter that Burroughs had so many big plays after he's been sacked. I'm saying, I'm saying the analytics show on what Joe Burrow is doing is, I mean, no one wins football games when no one's playoff football games getting sacked nine times. I'm not talking about in this situation. I'm talking about throughout the league. Look, I'd be shocked. I'd say, I don't know what, you know, what it is. I'd be shocked if Burroughs not sacked at least four times. I'd be shocked. But again, that, ha- that hasn't seemed to matter. That's why I'm saying the turnovers in the big plays. Now, if Burrow gets sacked four times and he fumbles one of those and throws a pick, you know, there's going to be problems. I think if the Rams have a lead, I know the Bengals are a second-half team. I think it'll be different in the Super Bowl. Let's not forget Sean McBain. I think the Rams need to run the ball. Yes. I think that the Rams yes. need to... I think the Rams need to be running an offense in the Super Bowl that is on that is working on all cylinders in one way, shape, or form. I know it's kind of cliche to say establish the run. Establish the run is not really, but I think the you know, the the fucking secret sauce is the play action, the running the ball, the screens, the whole thing. And they got to be able to do everything. I just I think the Rams lose this game if Matthew Stafford throws it, you know, twice as much as they run the ball or five times, you know, like if it's, if it's a great, maybe not twice as much, but like a heavy imbalance. This is where Sean McVay also would worry me because I think he sometimes overthinks it and the Bengals, the Bengals defensively, their weakest spot is stopping the run. Yeah. They have pretty good linebackers, pretty good secondary overall. Their weakest spot on defense is stopping their run. You got your running backs. You got Henderson, you got Akers, and you got Michelle. You got all of them. 
Sounds like a law firm. Henderson, Akers, yeah. and Michelle. And I think from the Bengals side, my thing is like, I almost embrace the, like, it's it's silly because I, I, I mocked it. But I think if, if you're the Bengals, you almost have to embrace the Cinderella thing. And you just got to be like, wild shit happens in Super Bowls. Let's just hope the wild shit happens. Like, be, you know, when fucking preparation meets opportunity. Like, put yourself in a position to make the fucking helmet catch. I will put say this. Put yourself in a position to make the, the you know, the 99-yard interception at the end of the half. Like, be those guys. I will you say know, this. Yeah. You need to be the miracle team. I think there is a difference of getting sacked and then getting sacked and lit up by Aaron Donald. The, the reason I, the reason I'm slightly giving the nod to the Rams, the Bengals have not faced, they just haven't. I'll argue with any team they played this year. They have not faced a complete team on both sides of the ball. Like the Rams. They just haven't chiefs are a good squad. Chiefs are not what the Rams are defensively. They're just not. right. The Bengals have not faced a defense this good. They have not think about it. they're giving up a shit ton of sacks. They have not faced a defensive line this formidable. Again, it hasn't seemed to matter. Maybe, maybe it'll finally catch up. Maybe Burrow gets lit up and the Rams win 21 to 10 or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I mean, look, anything is possible, but Burrow, I don't think has lost a playoff game since like high school or something crazy. Cause he never lost a playoff game in LSU. He's lost one in the pros. I mean, the guy just wins. I will say this to my fellow Bengals fans. And I was talking about this with a buddy. Would there be anything more depressing than flying across the country, no matter who your team is, to go to the Super Bowl and the team losing? Bro, it's why I didn't go to right? Indianapolis. It's why I didn't go to Indianapolis, and right? I never regret. I've never regretted anything more. <laughs> well, it's it's you know my buddy put it best. And I, I don't know. I want to hear your take on this. We were we were saying he goes he goes dude. If I flew across the country for the World Series, I'm catching a couple games. And even yeah. if we lost the World Series. It just wouldn't, you know, at least it'd be a couple games. Well, here's, I guess here's the thing. No, like the majority of people on planet Earth don't get to go to Super Bowls. I've never, I've been, this is Super Bowl 56. I'm 43 years old. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I'm going to my first Super Bowl. It's like, you still get to say you went to a Super Bowl and you went to see your team in the Super Bowl. So it's like win or lose, you know, you, you got to go to a Super Bowl. There are yeah. people out there, you know, consider yourself lucky if you're out there and you've been to multiple Super Bowls. Don't forget the Super Bowls you've been to. Um, and maybe you didn't get to see your team win a Super Bowl or whatever, but you still went to a Super Bowl. And I think that that's, you know, I'm sure there's Bengal fans out there who were at some of their Super Bowl losses and are like, I'm glad I went still. Yeah. So I, if I, if I was a Bengals fan and I had the opportunity, I would take it. You would take it. Even if I didn't think I was it, but like, come on, this isn't a, this is anybody's game. Any given Sunday. But but isn't it the game where you think it's anybody's game that one team wins by two touchdowns? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. That's, 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 I keep, I keep that thought in the back of my head so many times. This is this. This is the Burrow's going to throw five touchdowns and the Bengals are going to win 35 to 10. It's like, yeah. it's always these, 
games where you think it's going to be so close and it's not. Totally. Well, let's get to the prop bets. Let's do it. There's so many great prop bets. And uh, I'm excited to announce. glasses so I can read our FanDuel sports app. Yeah. Put on your glasses. We're going to hop over to FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. To celebrate, new customers can bet $5 to win $280 in cash on either team to win when you use promo code DIRTY when registering. That's right, guys. You'll get your winnings in cold, hard cash because we know cash is always better than free bets. Now, we've just discussed who we think is going to win. We're both leaning towards the Rams. I have a very small confidence level in that. But uh, we're going to be looking at all these bets over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And uh, they got a lot of great things going on, a lot of great parlays. So don't miss your chance to turn $5 into $280 cash. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code DIRTY to make every moment more this Super Bowl. Again, promo code DIRTY exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 and older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus of $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site, credit, Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms for sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG Colorado. Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Connecticut. 1-800-BEST-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-SOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, which is 467369 in New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or visit www.1800gamble.net in West Virginia. So we're over here on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and we're going to be breaking down a lot of these parlays, and there are a lot to choose from, which is always great. We can start with the spread. I mean, the spread's four points on FanDuel. Yeah. Stuff. I guess I'll go with, uh, I'll go with the Bengals, but I'm not like, I don't love this. I love, like I said, I love Rams one to six. Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my spread bet for you guys. I've, I mean, I can't believe that I've been getting, I, I didn't check it. We have this and on the FanDuel sports, like there's a million fucking drop downs guys. There's infinite things to bet on here. Um, so I can't, jump that up right now but that would be my thing i don't i mean the spread that spread stuff i guess i'd go bangles but i don't i don't love it and honestly i don't love this over under either i kind of think this over under is a stay away because i think vegas has started to get smart and has started to take um four points off the spread like if this was an anfc or afc championship game this spread would be 52 this spread would be 54 it's the super bowl and they're smartly adjusting for that because we've seen this rule come in low 48 and a half. I'm tempted to go over because betting the under is not fun at all, but uh, I just don't throughout my, throughout my Super Bowl gambling history. I've always ridden the under, but I think Vegas is catching up to the smart, the smart guys. So from the game line standpoint, I don't know that I'm 
even touching spread and over under. I have too much money to play around with too many other bets. There's too many other bets. So, so here's something that might factor into some of your bets. I got, I'm looking at the spreadsheet that Tyler prepared for us. He's doing touchdowns by quarter. Okay. And he's, they, he's could help for prop bets. Both the Bengals and the Rams had their most touchdowns this year in the second quarter, which is interesting. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's, and it was like overwhelming. That's what led them. So here's team. a, here's a fun play. If you guys like to live bet, um, which you should, if you'd like to gamble, you should definitely be live betting. Here's a fun play with that tidbit from from that Tyler Nug for calling it. Um, Super Bowls always start slow. So maybe go over under first quarter over second quarter, or maybe take the over the number at the start of the, the over number for the half at the start of the second quarter. Cause they're going to adjust that for this probable slow start and then ride this second quarter wave of scoring glory. I like it. That's a fun play. Thank you, Tyler. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Well, it's, it's if, and if I continue that, the Bengals also score a lot in the fourth quarter, although so do the Rams. Both teams, both teams all season start slow in the first quarter. And Super Bowl and, starts slow. And the Super Bowl starts slow. So, um, you, you know, you make a great point. That's a great thing to take. When factoring in these bets. My apologies, Andy. I'm gonna I'm I'm taking bet notes for myself while we're doing this. If Tyler's giving us Tyler nugs. Well, looking at that as I look at FanDuel again over at the FanDuel sports book, both teams to score a touchdown on their opening drive. I mean, the overwhelming odds are no. I would I would clearly stay away from that. Say that one again. Both teams to score a touchdown on their opening drive. The odds are overwhelmingly no. I, I would I would definitely agree with that. And what what is what's the what is, what's the spread on that? What's the uh, what's the number? Minus twenty five hundred on the no, plus ten forty on the yes. Ten forty, yeah, it's only ten and you know eleven. On, I mean, it's it's kind of fun, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a. Uh, how about this one? These two ones are interesting. Any player to score two, because you have players who can score multiple. You have a Jamar Chase who gets a lot of touchdowns. You have a Cooper Cup who gets a lot of touchdowns. Your boy Odell could get a lot of touchdowns, you know, close to the goal line, I think. So, so any, well, I'll be rooting for him this week. Any player to score two plus touchdowns, yes is minus 270. No is plus 190. Now, if we go to three touchdowns, yes is plus six fifty. No is Dude, that is that's that's those are sucker bets. Let me just you think, tell you that right you now. Think? Plus one ninety is not enough. Plus one ninety is not enough. Any player two touchdowns plus one ninety, you're getting two to one. Somebody's gonna score twice in the Super Bowl. That's for no. Plus one ninety. Yeah. What's yes? Minus two seventy. That's a horrible bet, right? I'm just saying these are interesting how they're 
you know, when we look at these things. That's a firm stay away from Joe Prano. Man, you can really bet on everything. Well, let's talk about the first TD scorer, Andy. Yeah, let's do that. It's one of my favorite bets of the Super Bowl. I won. I won. A nice lump of money. I won a Gronk style amount of money last year on the Gronk. I love the storyline. I love the, you know, it just seemed like, and and this is the kind of thing that teams think about in Super Bowls. I mean, you talk about the Philly special and Brady to Gronk and Bob, like this is, this is the kind of things they do. I mean, Cooper Cup, you're getting plus 490. You're getting almost five to one on Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup led the league in touchdowns. I mean, to me, the idea if you're betting on this game, I mean, we know we know Joe Prano is going to put money on Odell first TD plus 900, right? We know that. We know that. That's fun for me. That's something to root for. But if you have the triple crown receiving guy in this game, he scores essentially every football game. He's Matt Stafford's go-to guy. You're getting five to one that he scores the first touchdown. It's, it's, it seems pretty good I odds. Am, I, I can't even if you're if you're not a Bengals fan and you're betting on this football game and you're not making that bet. I don't know what you're doing. The val- that value is insane. Yeah, Cam Akers plus six fifty. For by the way, I know we do this every year, but I'll just refresh it for the people who don't know. Because somebody, I mean, my brother Mikey, like I couldn't believe I had to explain money lines to him. Shameful job by me. Uh, but now is now my nephew knows about. It. My nephew will be making money line bets on his own by the time he's twelve. So that's exciting. But shameful that Mikey needed it. The plus number, so plus four ninety is essentially four point nine to one odds. Plus 650 is six and a half to one, plus 700, seven to one. A minus number is how much you have to bet to win 100. So minus 170, you got to make a 170 bet to win 100. You got to make a $17 bet to win 10. So obviously, all the first TD scores are going to be a plus number. So plus 490 for Cooper Cup, that's the lowest number on the board. Plus 650 for Cam Akers. Plus seven to one for Joe Mixon. If you're if you're a I don't uh, I don't like the Mixon one. I don't like that. You don't uh, not at seven to one. No. Plus just, plus eight hundred for Jamar Chase. I like that. If you're a Bengals fan, I guess he's your Cooper Cup bet, right? Now I kind of love you got plus nine hundred for Beckham, plus twelve hundred for T. Higgins. I kind of love the second receiver. Oh yeah, when, when your go to guy is you know, not getting, uh, you know, getting all the attention. I mean, T Higgins, you talk about a guy, we didn't even really mention it. You talk about, that was a nice pick by the Bengals. That was the same year they drafted Burrow. I mean, T Higgins is a really good receiver. I mean, the Bengals are definitely deeper wide receiver. Yeah. Than the Rams. The Bengals have a great squad. You got the T Higgins at, 12 to 1 plus 1200. Sony Michelle at plus 1300. Tyler Boyd at plus 1300. Kendall Blanton at plus 1500. How about this? Tyler Higby at 15 to 1. Well, because he might not play. Right. And you got Ozama at 20, 
plus 2,400. Van Jefferson at plus 1,600. Rams defense special teams. This is a fun one for you. Plus 2,900. You get 29 to 1. And Ben Skrowanek. I know a lot of people like the the Skrowanek plays. Cincinnati defense is 34 to 1. Matthew Stafford, 34 to 1. And Joe Burrow. Dude, Joe Burrow, 34 to 1. He's got legs, man. He's got legs. And Andy, he knows how to use them. He does. Um, so I, I kind of like that. If I'm if I'm a I'm uh, here's here's my sprinkling. If I'm sprinkling, which I will be. I'm going Cooper Cup, Odell. T. Higgins, Rams defense, Joe Burrow. Wow. I like, Rams I like, defense. You have Rams defense to score ahead of Joe Burrow. Well, I'm saying I, these, if I'm sprinkling money on all of these first TD scores. So, that, how many bets is that? Cooper Cup, right? Beckham. Uh, T. Higgins. Rams D. Rams D. Joe Burrow. That's five bets. If I go equal amounts, if I go equal amounts on all those and Cooper Cup scores, I break even. If any of those other guys score, I make money. But dude, if, if you know, you get, you get, you get 10 bucks on Joe Burrow, Getting 350 bucks for a Joe Burrow goal line bootleg. They I I I can see a Joe Burrow shotgun draw from the four. QB draw from the four in my head right now. I mean, I'm gonna sprinkle all those guys. I don't know, but those are the ones I like. Those are those are Joe's picks for first touchdown. Your your rooting interest in the game, you make your own decision on one of those. Like, I mean, we all know I'm gonna have a fat lump on my boy, Odell Black Jesus. Nine to one. What about passing yards? Nine to one on Jesus Christ scoring in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that bet. What about passing yards? We got anything? I'm curious what we got. What's the over/under up for these guys? Um, there's so many bats. I'm trying to pull it up. I like that you just thought of a bat, didn't actually have it in front of you. <laughs> now you just have to go through the, and this is a compliment. FanDuel Sportsbooks endless Super Bowl bets to try to find it. There's a lot. Yeah. Here we go. Winning. Oh wow! There's a lot. See? Yeah. They got to have yards. Okay, here it is. Wow, they're, they're, their over-unders are both high. Burroughs over-under is 276.5. Stafford's 281.5. Whether, whether we're betting or not, they're both at minus 110. What, what say you, Joe? Do you think Burrow will go over 276.5 yards or under? I'm going to arrive hard with the under. I I like the under. They th- that's a good number they set. I'm going to go. I- I'll tell you one thing. I don't think Joe Burrow's throwing for 300 yards in the Super Bowl. 
I don't think he is either. 274 is a good number. If you put a gun to my 276. head. 276. 276. If you put a gun to my head, I'd bet the under. Me too. If you put a gun to my head, I would bet. If I can make this bet, I would wager that Eli Manning will hold the postseason total yards in a postseason record after this game is over. Now, what about Matthew Stafford? Over under 281 and a half. If I had to, I'd bet the under again. But I think they're both going to be around. That's going to be, dude, that's how you win the Super Bowl. 270, 275, two touchdowns, no picks. That's how you win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and, and you rush for 120 yards. Yep. By the way, yeah. can, we, can, can I do a shout out to our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook right now? Sure. I don't know how uh, FanDuel Sportsbook works with the boosting of bets, odds boosted. Um, unfortunately the small print, I, I do reside in California. So I, I occasionally drive across the Arizona border to make my FanDuel Sportsbook bets. And I have not done one with the odds boosted, but for you folks who live in some of those fantastically free States that have the ability to bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook odds boosted right now, get it while it's hot. Odell Beckham plus 200 to score at any time in the game boosted to 200. Was 140. Get your boosted money, guys. If you're watching this live, what are you doing? Open your FanDuel Sportsbook. Get those boosted odds immediately. Mikey, if you're listening, call me. We need to get we need to get this Odell Beckham boosted bet. Now, about the quarterbacks briefly. I'm curious what you think about the over-under on each borough and Stafford for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole touchdown difference. You have Burrow at one and a half over. Yeah, I like, and you I like got, Burrow one. I like Burrow over one and a half. And you got Stafford two and a half. I like, I like under. Dude, listen to me. Two hundred seventy-five yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It's how you win a Super Bowl. So I'm going over Burrow under Thafford. I think, uh, you know what? You say that. I got to pull up last year because I'm real curious. Tom Brady threw four touchdowns. No. Five. He didn't throw that many yards. Brady was 21 of 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah. They rushed for 145 yards. Wow, Mahomes didn't even throw a touchdown last year. Oh, they didn't even score a touchdown. That's why. All right, what are some other ones that you like here? Um, I'm, I'm looking through the longest touchdowns. I mean, here's here's what you guys need to know. The reason Vegas and all of these things, no disrespect to our, our partners at FanDuel or anywhere else, put out a million bets because the majority of them are soccer bets. We're looking for value here, guys. Okay? You want a plus 116 or a minus 142? Bet the game, man. Pick the money line of the game. What are you, why are you going to sprinkle money on over one and a half yards is the shortest touchdown score? Like, what? Do you hate your money? Like, yeah. But bet it on the game then. Bet the, bet the game, bet the guys you think you win. We're looking for value. 
I'm looking at the defensive ones right now because I do find I do find defensive bets interesting. I don't know if they have the best value. I'm looking at sacks. I'm looking at interceptions, different players. You know, to sprinkle on, hey, is it worth betting? Does Jalen Ramsey get an interception? Is it worth Eli Apple getting an interception? What do you got? Jalen Ramsey's plus 520 to get an interception. Although he doesn't get that many picks. Yeah. Kind of like it, though. I kind of do, though. What is it? Plus 520. Kind of like it. Getting over right. five to one on it. I mean, yeah, he doesn't get picks, but big, big players make big plays in big but, games. And balls tipped. This isn't even saying you know he's he's not even playing a guy. You know, it's a zone coverage. Balls tipped. Let me ask you this, because I know my answer. Do Burrow and Stafford both throw an interception? I say yes. You think both throw an interception? Correct. Wow. What what are the odds there? I don't know. I'm just I'm just tossing it out there. I don't think both do. You don't think both do? No. I don't. But I wouldn't be surprised. Two and one. Two and one is also a Super Bowl line, you know? Two two TDs and a pick. You could see that. Well, especially these guys take chances. Both of them do. Yeah. Burrow sure. and Burrow and Stafford both take chances. That's why you see the pick happening, especially if, if the QBs are under pressure, they can get kind of reckless at times. I'm looking in this. I'm in, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loving these FanDuel props. How about first touchdown score trio? You get three guys. The one that jumps out to me. I love it. Jamar chase, Odo Beckham, T Higgins to score first. You get, you get plus two seventy. You almost get three to one. You get three guys. Jamar chase, Odell, and T. T. Higgins plus two seventy. Is that the favorite? No, far from it. What's the favorite? I mean, the favorite is uh plus one fifty is Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, Jamar Chase. You got plus one seventy five Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. You got plus one seventy five Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Odell. You get Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, Odell, plus 160. You get Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, T. Higgins, plus 175. I mean, when you're getting into a bet like this, you need to be getting close to three to one. You know, it's like, otherwise, take your Cooper Cup money. If you were me and you had a $1,000 bet on the table, possibly, again, right. would you hedge and bet on the Bengals? So here's... Um, No, because I'm not. My brother is. But here's what I would do if I were you, Mandy. Here's what I would do if I were you. If the Bengals win, right, you're going to be you're going to lose some money. Yeah. So instead of betting on the Bengals to win, why don't you bet on some pro Bengals props? They could still hit and you don't lose the game. True. But if you but they're more likely to hit if you lose the game. Right? Correct. So like to me, 
you know, uh, like, for example, let's go to the MVP outs. Now, obviously, Joe Burrow is not winning the Super Bowl MVP unless the Bengals win. Right. But you've got to bet you if you let's say you bet. You can cut your money in half. If you if you just bet up straight on the uh, if you bet straight up on the Bengals, 500, you, you, you cut your losses in half. Right. But if you bet Joe Burrow to win the Super Bowl MVP, you could bet 200 bucks. And you're I bet you're getting three to four to one odds, three and a half to one. He's plus 230 plus 230. Wow. It's gone down plus yeah. 230. Stafford's the overwhelming favorite at plus 125. Cooper Cup, Cooper, Cooper Cup plus 550. I like the Aaron Donald one. The Aaron Donald ones. What I, why can't I find it in here? What tab do I have to hit? Soup 2023 super. No, that's next year. Aaron Donald's plus 1500. I love plus 1500. I do too. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I think. I, I mean, close game, defensive game. Aaron Donald has three sacks. Let's say three sacks. One is a, a huge strip sack fumble. I mean, just at just at fifteen to one, it's like a it's like a no brainer to put money on that. The thing, the th- here's 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 what you need to know about MVP bets. Cooper Cup's not winning the MVP. Like almost. Not like if Cooper Cup wins it, doesn't Matthew Stafford just win it unless Cooper Cup scores three times? And if Cooper Cup scores three, then he's got to score three times and like no one else scores. Or he's got to go, you know, if he goes for 175 and 12 catches and scores twice. Like, I mean, listen, I'm not saying Cooper Cup's not gonna win. Cooper Cup is of of all the wide receivers since Jerry Rice, Cooper Cup probably has the best chance to win it. But they love giving it to the quarterback. I'll say this. Jamar Chase can't win the MVP. Like, they're going to give it to Burrow. You know what I mean? Well, a it's, reason- a, it's a small list, Joe. I pulled it up right now. Now, it's Odell, a- he's a guy, like, is he throwing one? Is he, are they running a reverse? Like, you know, and you're getting way more at odds. Give me the list. Only eight receivers have ever won a Super Bowl MVP. Lynn Swan, Fred Belintikoff, Jerry Rice, Desmond Howard, Deion Branch, Heinz Ward, Santonio Holmes, and Julian Edelman. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you've got kick return and Desmond Howard. Sure. Nobody. The only one who put up insane numbers was what uh, Jerry Rice did against the Bengals. He right. Caught, he caught 215. Right. The other ones are like, you know, Edelman didn't even catch a touchdown pass, but that was just such a low scoring 13 to three game. He stood out because he had 141 yards and 10 receptions. Right. To me, Cooper, like what's Cooper Cup's odds? Tell me again. Run down the, I can't fucking find it. Give me the MVP odds. Stafford plus 125. He's your overwhelming favorite. What are we betting? Again, why don't you just bet on the Rams to win the game? Sure. Burrow plus 230. Also, un, you know, a fun bet if you're a super Joe Burrow stand, but like, where's the value there? 
That's an Andy Ruther put $300 on it bet to hedge your Bengals loss. Sure. Cooper Cup plus 550. Aaron Donald plus 1500. Jamar Chase plus 2500. Your, your boy, Beckham Jr. plus 2700. I'm putting money on that. Don't, by the way, that uh, full disclaimer, lighting that money on fire. Odell Beckham's not winning the Super Bowl MVP, but if he fucking does, I'm not not making money on it. How about this one? Evan McPherson. Fun bet. Going to be Fun. some value here. Fun bet plus 1,000. Sorry, 10,000. Plus 10,000. 10, yes. So you're getting 100 to 1. Correct. That's a fun bet. That's a fun bet. That should be a Justin Wood bet. That's a Randy, if you're listening. That's a fun bet because if it is a defensive game and let's say he gets three field goals and he gets one or two from 50. Yeah. And it's a 16 to 13 game. Put 50 bucks down. It's a fun little bet. Aaron Donald is my bet. Odell Beckham's my not real bet. And Evan McPherson's a fun sprinkle. Cup, like, listen, if you're out there and you love the Rams and you like, you want to have a Super Bowl MVP bet in, I don't hate Cup. It's better. I mean, you're you're certainly getting significantly more value than you're getting from Matthew Stafford. And I guess he's his go-to guy and whatever. But like, we don't think, I don't, I don't have Stafford over two and a half. So now I got to have cup two, two of them and 12. Like if, the, if a guy could do it, it's cup, but that's not where my money's going. Okay. Let's get to the important stuff. Donald, Ga- Donald, Donald Gatorade Gatorade. What are the, what <laughs> give me the odds. Your overwhelming favorite is orange water, orange. Okay. Plus one eighty four, yellow, green, lime. Either of those three is plus 310. Blue is plus 520. Actually, clear water is plus 410. What's orange? It's the favorite at plus 184. The Bengals obviously have orange on their sideline. Right. I mean, the value's in blue, right? The Rams win. The Rams get a get the get the blue coast. It's, it's plus 520. But everything about me tells me like Sean McVay is a water guy, right? Sean McVay is the opposite of of Henry Winkler. He's like, water's great. It's really, really great. (laughs) Water's great. (laughs) Sean McVay McVay goes to restaurants and goes, water, no ice, right? For sure. That's an Andy Ruther move. Yeah. I hate ice, man. You hate ice uh, water. I want that room temp. I like cold water. Somebody just told me recently, like ice machines are disgusting. So I'll, I'll do a water. No, ice I, at a I, restaurant. I know but... I peed it. I peed in ours in college for the whole dorm multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other big bets you want to go over? You got them there. Keep, let's keep running. I'm writing down my action. Coin toss. 
dude, it's been heads fucking nonstop. Am I crazy or is it all heads lately? Was it heads or tails in the AFC championship? I feel like it's head. I keep saying tails never fails. Seems like tail tails always fails at this point. How about these ones? Let's maybe do, it's time. Maybe it's time for tails to make a return. Let's do a couple combined. But, but also, who's what are we doing here? Keep. We're, do we have? We don't have anthem props, or do we? I'm not seeing them. So, I've heard this. Whoever who's singing the anthem? That's a good question. All I keep hearing is like they're known as being like the short anthem person, and that's why the number is really short. It's like it's like Mickey Guyton. Yeah. The country star. So they went with rap for the halftime show, country for the anthem. Yeah. It's, you know, we're a divided America. And I, I heard, all know that. I heard uh, Skrillex is going to be doing dubstep yeah. for the trophy presentation. It's, I mean, I, I can just see it now, you know, our country, like the, the, the country star, We'll have we'll have half the people, you know, kneeling in their homes across America. And then halftime, you know, people will be like, I just I don't know. I don't like these guys. They seem just I don't like it. They this halftime show, not they don't look like they play a lot of defense. You know what I mean? Just a bunch of diva wide receivers. Out. I don't know. So seem like seem like score first guys. You know what I mean, right? Just like not a lot of defense. They're not really hustling. You're like, we know what you're saying. We know what you're saying. I don't know. Just Snoop Dogg doesn't look like the kind of guy who runs back on D in transition. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, we get it. We get it. So, so what are Thanks, your racist Uncle Bob? What are your plans? Speaking of all this, like, 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 I assume you're going to be watching, like, you know, you go to, you go to sports events and you can mingle and all that, like. Like, where are you in the half times? You know, I, I know you don't know because you haven't done it, but it's like, have you thought about like, what am I doing during the halftime show? How early am I getting there? Like all these. Me specifically? Yes. Oh, well, uh, I have been told. Okay. So I'll give you guys a little thing. First of all, <laughs> to the dirtballs who thought Shabelli was taking me to the Super Bowl. My blinking guy, me. I mean, I love Joe Shabelli and I, I am, I'm like, I'm honored that you guys think Joe Shabelli and I have a relationship where he's taking me to the Super Bowl. I don't even know if Shabelli's going to the Super Bowl. I don't think he is. I texted with him this week. So, uh, uh, hold on one second. Um, so I've been told, you know, I live a stone's throw from SoFi, I'm very close to SoFi. My gang will be going from the Hollywood area. I have been told it is in my best interests to get in a car and go to Hollywood just to go to the game with them. Literally drive by SoFi. That's funny. Because it is in my best interest to go to the game with them because apparently, you know, we'll arrive in style. There's a pregame party. It's the, it's fun. So we'll be doing that. And halftime, I assume, will be from where our seats, you know. Um, I don't know what time I'll arrive. I'm listen, I'm along for the ride here. And I'm 
very excited about it. But I said, just tell me where and when to show up. And also just want to double check, but I should not wear an Odell Beckham Jersey. Right. And I got an OMG. Do not wear an Odell Beckham Jersey. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. But Evan an Mc- Odell about- Beckham graphic t-shirt. But Evan McPherson, Evan McPherson yeah. Jersey. I mean, I think this, I, I think that would be way more acceptable. Um, not, you know, as far as I know, no one I'm sitting with has a, a long and storied history with Evan McPherson. Just making sure. So, uh, but obviously I'll be rooting for the Rams and uh, I think I'm going to just, I said, just let me know where to show up and I'll be there. And then I'm just going along for the ride. Gotcha. Well, look, Joe, I think, I think we've covered a lot. It's been a two hour show. Okay. I, th- I think we've covered in depth the Super Bowl, a little NBA trade action, where we stand. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. Not gonna lie. I'm not only nervous before Super Bowl. Got a little anxiety with me this year, probably because I have some money on the line that I don't want to lose more. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna stress if I lose money. Right. It's it's more of being wrong. So. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, let's be honest. It'd be pretty funny if there was a parade in Cincinnati and I had to be stuck here and, you know, how it all works. It's a lot easier when I'm from afar. I am going to, uh, since, since you said it and we're, you know, I am going to be living inside the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook uh, Super Bowl bets. I've already gotten some texts during the course of the show from some dirt balls uh, about what we're betting. And I love the idea of we're betting as a gang. So guys, between now and Super Bowl, slide in the DMs at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. I actually just posted a Instagram reel and a TikTok wearing this hat and drinking a Miller Lite today. You can check that out. Um, but let's let's make some like dirty sports. Like let's come to like a consensus. Let's let's ride some action on uh, this Super Bowl. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've, I've given you some of my bets already, but let's, let's talk more. And I'm super excited for the game. Talk, talk to our boy, Nick, Nick Dale, not the one in Stanford, Connecticut, but your son. I said, I'm going to try my best to, uh, take some pics, take some video. Maybe Nick Dale was like, maybe we'll throw together a day of the Super Bowl, uh, dirty sports presents. So we'll do that. So follow me on all social media if you're not, or else you'll miss that. And of course, come out and see some comedy shows. I'll be in your Midwest next week, Andy. Noise. Chicago, Rosemont, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Millie Walkay. San Diego what? this Friday. And all the shows and stuff on JoePrinter.com. San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival at the end of the month. You guys can see me do comedy in my basement. Uh, it's just me watching TV with some side commentary. Just you. Bangs down. <laughs> Bangs down. You hate the banks, don't you? No, I, I, dude, I don't. I'm not a hater of uh, Andy Ruther haircut fun. It's you're like I, Mr. Potato Head. I, w- I am. I will say the uh, different. The lady in my life, I, I, I don't think she's liking the clean shavenness of me. Ooh. So, uh, it's, you know, a lot of people got used to the beard, and here I am 
without it. But hey, like you said, I'm Mr. Potato Head, always changing it up. Who knows? Next episode, maybe I'll have a mohawk. We need to remove your groin area and replace it with a. Oh my god, dude! Fresh one, dude. If I say if it, it, dude, the pictures of my groin are literally the most disgusting things. Uh, I just want to give a public service announcement to anyone who's still listening. Never reuse the same clothes you run in, especially tights, multiple times. I can't believe you're you have to say this, but I guess you wish somebody had said it to you. Well, somebody did say it to me over the years. And I just was like, oh, nothing happens until you get the worst case of jock itch and bacterial infection. And I don't know. Speaking of that, I got to hop in the shower and put weird stuff on my uh, legs and balls and everything. I can't sleep at night, Joe. Why? Because of the situation going oh, on down there. I gotcha. I thought this was a separate notice. No, it's a mess. Anyway, that is the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, I know Bengals fans are cheering that I picked the Rams, but I wasn't, you know, I'm I'm right there. I'm just saying that's how I feel. So I, I, I see what I see what the dirt balls do. Andy, after the Super Bowl ends, I know you're going to, you know, bask in some post Super Bowl. Glory. You're going to watch the press conferences. You're going to watch your your Bengals fans now that you've cursed them into a victory, you know, driving down the streets, honking their horns, yelling, who day, who dad, who's them, who, what? Uh, but after that dies down, uh, you're going to have to start watching NBA, buddy, where baseball's on strike. And uh, oh, no, I, will. I, need, I need you to bring more. <laughs> I need you to bring more NBA action. To me. You're like, I don't even want to fucking talk the NBA. I'm like, listen, Andy, you have your homework. Well, I did uh, you watch one NBA game between now and Super Bowl. And but to be fair, I have. I, I, I've actually been putting it on while I've been getting jock itch on the treadmill in the basement. That's when I've been watching my NBA games. Um, and I've watched a few. I just, you know, you got to get back into it. I Football is my first love. It is. It is the uh, it's my number one. It's my main squeeze. And maybe, you know, maybe a little. Working some NBA with some Pam and Tommy. Oh, that's right. Pam and Tommy. How's that going for you? I mean, it is what it is. It's not groundbreaking, but it's, you know. Let me ask you something, Andy. Are you, are you book of Bubba fetting? I am. I just watched the first one. It's really, it's really keeping, it's really, I don't know what's going on with these new stars. I'm a big John Favreau guy, but like, these guys are making it hard on me. The final one is out. I got to watch it. Difficult. They're making it hard for me to care. It's almost too much. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I don't know. Like, it's okay. I watch it. Like yeah. all the, all the, all the Mandalorian vibes. No baby Yoda. Like what? Just, just, Hey, just watch it through. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. Thanks guys for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Be smart. I'm going to give you that. We talked about me being an idiot before. Take an Uber. Take a Lyft. Don't make reckless decisions. And if you do, do it in a ride share. Because nothing says I love you more than a Super Bowl victory than puking Gold Star Skyline Chili all over some poor dude's Honda Accord. (laughs) 
And also act appropriately in wins and losses. Please, for the love of God, eat your chili. But if we learn one thing, don't be Philadelphia fans. Don't eat actual shit. Let's just, there is a line in the sand. And, and Skyline is just on one side of that line. Just barely. But let's keep it on that side of the line. Uh, Bengals fans. I, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, Bengals fans. It's not eat feces. Whatever we do, don't eat feces. What do you say? I saw a... Uh... Oh, where was it? Oh, whatever. I was looking at the local paper. By the way, Chase won Rookie of the Year. Burrow, comeback player of the year? Wow, the Reds and the Bengals, the two Rookie of the Years, huh? Who says Cincinnati is not the best sports town in America? <laughs> All right, guys, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great Super Bowl weekend. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>